0: If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to talk to people you don't know. It's all about living life to the fullest, I think, really appreciating every day and being grateful for what you have. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thangin. And I'm your co-host, Lee Wang. Let's get into it.
1: Benoit, it's a big week for you. Uh, you're
0: going to be watching the NFL draft with your team, right? People who've listened to the episodes with Lee and I, we're both huge football fans, Lee, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm a huge New York Giants fan. I will be at MetLife, or what I call Giants Stadium, yeah. to watch the draft The Giants are hosting, the season ticket holders to watch the draft. So you there. guys are picking at number six? Is that
1: right? Six
0: and 17, Okay, uh, which right. was uh, acquired through the Odell Beckham trade. Right. So... So who are you wanting at number six? To me, it's the best player available. I'm I'm sure it's either a defensive lineman or a quarterback or even an offensive tackle. Maybe it's Dwayne Haskins at the sixth pick or the guy from Duke. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I think the draft, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it'll be exciting because the Giants have two high first-round picks. Exactly. Well...
1: Let's launch right into the hard news now that we got that over with. So, By the way, who do you want the Eagles to draft? Sorry, even though I don't
0: really care. but yeah. <laughs> Best
1: available linebacker. That's yeah, all definitely. I have to
0: say. It's all about the defense. I still believe defenses win the NFL championships. So. Definitely.
1: Speaking of on the defensive, Pacific Gas and Electric, California's largest utility, have declared uh, filed for bankruptcy protection. What does that mean to solar energy and renewables? That's going to be definitely going to have an impact. So, especially what they owe and how's that going to affect all the things that you're working with there in California. Speaking of California,
0: yeah, definitely. So that's been the big news. PG&E has renewable energy contracts, and I know Lee and I actually did a podcast about corporate PPAs and yeah. PPAs is just in general. And PPAs are long-term power purchase agreements. That you have with different entities, companies have long-term contracts or contracts, renewable energy contracts with PG&E mm-hmm. that basically help finance the projects. And right. the big concern is that once they go into bankruptcy, that basically they're going to try to renegotiate those contracts for lower rates. Yeah. And then the returns that you thought you were going to get from this project are not the same and it's going to be lower. So people are rethinking everyone's always like you have to get the highest sort of grade credit, which a utility is pretty much almost a monopoly. But there's the other big issue with PG&E, the reason why they actually went into bankruptcy, and this was actually something that was mentioned at a conference that I was at recently, Part of the reason why I was in California was we have an office in San Diego in Southern California, so I had meetings there. But then there's also the Solar Power and Investment Conference that Infocast hosts, which was actually in Carlsbad in the middle of March. And basically, it's a great conference because you have all the sort of C-level senior people mm-hmm. who come to this conference, and it's a great like networking. I think yeah. it's the second best conference outside of SPI, Solar Power International. But the reason why I'm going into this long thing is because Keith Martin, he's a lawyer for Norton Rose Fulbright. I really kind of enjoyed what he was talking about, what he's seeing in the industry. And basically what he says is the PG&E bankruptcy is an example of how climate change is starting to affect our market. Basically, climate change is forcing utilities to become insurance companies by socializing risk of devastating weather events. And basically... Everyone knows about the California fires, and that's really what is one of the big reasons why PGE went bankrupt, and basically how the law is written in California is that. PG&E and other California utilities with future fires they're actually liable for damage caused by their power lines wow even if they followed acceptable safety procedure so this situation needs a bigger political solution they could have done everything right but with the California fires they're strictly liable for that so those are the two things that everyone's really talking about in California is the PG&E bankruptcy and how it'll impact renewables because they're not going to be able to honor contracts that they said that they were going to honor. But the other thing, too, is the liability now that these companies in California, the utilities, are going to have. And this is a climate issue that wasn't an issue before, but now has come up to the forefront. So this was kind of an interesting point that Keith Martin mentioned during his presentation Mm -hmm. at Solar Power Finance Summit and something for us as an industry to be aware of that just because solar is an asset and once it's actually built, the generation is pretty predictable even though the power is intermittent. The offtake is such an important piece, but we can't solely rely on just utility contracts so that we have to be ready for some of these risks. They're risks to everything. So, How
1: would you advise renewable energy producers on tips to weather this kind of storm? And Is there anything they can do now to ready themselves for this unpredictability?
0: Well, I think in California specifically, this liability, there has to be basically, the government has to intervene, whether it be the state and federal government. PG&E will be reorganized after bankruptcy, and they're going through these proceedings right now. But really, if you have existing contracts with them, obviously there's going to be some sort of negotiation process during bankruptcy. But then going forward, I think there's a certain amount of risks that you're going to take if you have a long-term contract with the California utility. So you just have to be aware of those risks. Maybe you could hedge those risks through some sort of insurance products, but definitely a lot of people did not think this would be a risk, and now there could be consequences where they're losing money or getting a lower margin for their project than right. they thought a return, basically.
1: To put it in the context, though, these wildfires are obviously an extreme, Extreme situation, correct? Like oh, that's an extreme thing. situation, yeah. definitely.
0: But California obviously has a history of not getting enough rain and wildfires happening, and it seems to be more prevalent as time goes on. So, really, we as an industry and a society have to kind of figure out what's the best solution. But at this point, really, like to fix the current situation, there needs to be some sort of government intervention. It can't all come from the private sector. Wow. But Noah, tell us what else you
1: encountered during your time in California. How's the San Diego office and some of your business prospects there?
0: It's great. I mean, we obviously focus on the Northeast mid-Atlantic. We opened a California office last year. Everyone's excited about storage, especially in California. They have this SCIP program, which is an incentive for storage. Then also, one of the interesting things from the conference is that they're talking about an investment tax credit for standalone energy storage before to get the 30% investment tax credit. You had to have solar and storage combined. But I think that's sort of a big incentive coming forward. Obviously, they have a similar program like Community Solar, but they call it something else that people are excited with. And that conference was great because you get to meet a lot of people. It's always great to meet in person, and it's a small enough conference where you build a lot of new relationships that we're currently kind of working on some new engagements with people that we met at that conference. Yeah, just been really busy with meetings from that conference. So it was definitely very worthwhile.
1: Yeah, any new projects on the horizons that you might want to talk about or some things you want to update our listeners on as far as new business for Renew Energy?
0: There's plenty of new business. I'm just trying to figure out what's the one to talk about. I think yeah. we've talked about this on the podcast for a very long time. I mean, we're really excited about actually developing a project in New York City with the New York Housing Authority. It would be one of the first projects on affordable housing and with New York City and Brooklyn. That's kind of, we're focused on 35 different buildings, we're partnering with two companies on that to do that engagement. And it's pretty exciting because there's a low income component to it. It's community solar. So basically we're selling the electricity to people in the utility service area. Also, there's a new incentive potentially for affordable housing, community solar. Also, there's been a change to VEDER, which is the value of distributed energy resources that came out last week, which is basically how they compensate you for doing uh, community solar. And it looks like it's gonna be a better compensation than it was in the past. So it's something that we're actually still figuring out. And I'm actually speaking about New York solar at a conference coming up in two weeks with NICEA moderating a panel on community solar. So we're going to actually, after that conference about the New York Solar Summit 2019 that NICEA has held, having in the beginning of May we're going to have a podcast basically talking about the New York solar market where we'll go into more detail about this new incentive. Obviously, if people don't know, New York has a goal of 100% renewables by 2045. There's also some new states that have come on with 100% renewables. Puerto Rico actually just recently announced that they want to go 100% renewables. So there's so many projects that we could talk about. We're also actively developing projects utility scale for community solar in New Jersey. So New Jersey just actually released their community solar pilot. If you have like large flat roofs or even land that you're interested potentially for this pilot, we could help develop that project. And then I will actually be going to Virginia speaking at a conference called Brightfields. Brightfields is basically taking landfills and brownfields and converting them to solar, which is a good use of land that you really can't use. And so I'm actually meeting with landowners in Virginia. Then on the way and back of the trip, we have meetings in Maryland, D.C. as well. So it's a pretty sort of packed agenda. We've been very focused on the development side, then the Eshrecs as well. We're going to have an Eshrec 101 with our other co-host, Suzanne, who uh, we're going to talk about SREC 101 in the New Jersey solar market. We manage about 11 megawatts worth of SREC management in New Jersey, and we brokered about 28 million in REC transactions. So those are kind of interesting projects that we're working on. And of course, this podcast, which we appreciate your support and it's been growing exponentially and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, well, actually, we should just take a time to thank everyone who's listening and help us spread the word we appreciate it if you go on to all the major platforms, give us a rating. We want your feedback. But Noah, actually talk to us about some of the feedback you have been hearing from people. Some people have told us there's been great insights on the industry. Some people like our lessons on entrepreneurship. How has people been receiving the podcast and your encounters in person?
0: It's been amazing, like the feedback and we appreciate it. We've been inundated with people reaching out to us. I was actually at this conference in California. Several people came up to me, they said that they really liked the podcast. I didn't actually know who they were, but from the podcast art, they were able to recognize me from it and made a point that they really like that we're talking about the solar industry and what's happening. It's interesting, someone reached out to us, they're actually in college and said that they actually got interested in solar energy and renewable Mm -hmm. energy from listening to the podcast, which is pretty amazing to kind of hear, and someone also actually liked the conversations that we had about financing as well. So they want to actually get more into the financing side of solar based on hearing some of the podcast feedback. If you're enjoying the podcast, please provide us a five-star review. We actually got someone who actually just put a review recently, ERD2119, and Lee talked about the solar. He said, great insight from the front lines of the podcast, both informative and entertaining. We're always, if you're interested in potentially being a guest or sponsoring the podcast, please reach out to us at info at renewenergy, R-E-N-E-U, energy.com, both positive and negative. We do listen to everyone's feedback, and there's some things that from the feedback that we're trying to incorporate. We just started the podcast in the middle of November, so even though we have 25 episodes, we're still trying to improve on it as well.
1: Yeah, speaking of, you brought up a good point that you had a young person to comment that they got interested in solar through the podcast. And you and I are both believers in mentorship and being able to educate people on our professions and what we do. Uh, what would be your advice to someone who may be in college or even high school nowadays, right? Like it's crazy how our society has changed and the emphasis on people are getting more and more entrepreneurial at a younger age. What would your advice be to young people who have an interest in getting, having a career in solar? Would it be to intern at a reputable firm? What What would you say to the young person uh, out there interested in solar?
0: The big thing is I think working at a solar company will be a huge opportunity. So even if you're high school or even college, solar is one of the fastest growing industries in the U.S. And it's going to continue to grow. It's just starting to begin. And especially when we're not dependent on government incentives, which we're not that far. We call that grid parity it's going to be even growing faster. And as you could see, companies and states, as we talked about, have 100% renewable energy goals. But I definitely think it's all about getting like real-world experience. So try to get an internship when you're in high school or even college at one of these solar companies. I mean, there's so many solar companies out now these days. So definitely take advantage of the opportunity. Obviously, listen to podcasts. Lee basically looks at Google Alerts for what's the top stories in solar There's some really great books as well. We could definitely provide some information on that. Getting actual real-world experience is probably the best thing and just kind of listening to different things, talking to people, trying to set up informational interviews with different people in the industry. Now, I feel like there's so many conferences as well and some that are not like that expensive where it could be an opportunity. So there's a need and it's going to continue to grow. So those are my suggestions. And by the way, I would like to also thank my co-host, Lee Wang, for the podcast as well. I mean, he really kind of helped me with, the podcast with the strategy and help kind of push me to do it. I was a little hesitant about it. Lee, as we said this before, he heard my interview in the Create Your Life series. He kind of really pushed the podcast. And it's just kind of amazing to see back in September when Lee and I were trying to tape the first episode. And then that episode one got not being recorded. So we had to re-record it and then to be releasing the podcast in November. So I appreciate him. And people don't realize there's a team of people it's not just me who's doing the podcast to make it. Obviously, we talked about, you know, Kevin Y. Brown, the last episode podcast, Laundry. But then there's Suzanne. There's all our guests as well. Suzanne Waters, who works for Renew Energy. There's also the guests who've come on the show as well. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Benoit, thank you for saying that. It's been a
1: great pleasure to be part of this journey. And I think we've been able to cover a lot of great topics. And I thank the guests. I mean, the guests have really given us a lot of different perspectives from a broad range of different roles and responsibilities in industry and obviously our our future is bright no pun intended but you know (laughs) it's going to be renewability is something we must address so to be part of that movement is very cool
0: Yeah, definitely. And also, we're having a summer solstice party on Thursday, June 20th. Solstice is the longest day of the sun, which is actually technically this year, Friday, June 21st, but we're going to have it on Thursday. So, you know, all our listeners are invited to attend. It's from 6 to 10 at Hudson Hall, which is in actually Jersey City, New Jersey on 364 Marin Boulevard. If you come onto our website, we'll have an Eventbrite set up for that and it would be great to meet you guys in person. Lee Wang will be there and some of our guests will be there. I'm also one of the owners as well of Hudson Hall and it would be great to see you guys out there.
1: Yeah, you know what, that's an interesting segue. I know this isn't exactly on solar, but Benoit, talk a little bit more about your ownership in restaurants and (laughs) and why you have chosen to go that route. For folks who aren't familiar, with Benoit's ownership interest in both Hudson Hall in Jersey City and also Ani Ramen. It's a small, independently-owned ramen shop and brand. And they have how many locations now? Now it's five locations. Five locations. And Benoit, just talk a little bit about why you chose to invest
0: in these brands. If you're not an entrepreneur, your primary source of income is obviously your job, but it's very important to build different passive income streams. Passive income basically means like you're basically getting some sort of dividend check and you're not basically directly involved in the the business. Conventionally, you know, when we say that, we think of stocks providing dividends or let's say there's some gain on a stock and then you sell it for a profit or people get involved in real estate where they basically buy real estate and then they basically rent out to people. But there are other ways of actually making money outside of that. You know, I am invested in the stock market as well as real estate and actually as well as cryptocurrency. Bitcoin just went to 5000 But I think even cryptocurrency, like I have small positions in it, but I'm doing that to kind of learn as well. And then to kind of get experience. But anyway, to make a long story short, I believe also in investing in other things. So I actually am an investor in another solar company outside of Renew Energy. I am an investor in a company that's developing waste energy projects and they're developing the first project in Maryland. And then I'm also, as Lee said, an owner of Hudson Hall and then the Ani Ramans in Jersey City Summit and Maplewood. So the interesting thing is in Jersey City, people don't think of me as a solar guy. They think of me as the restaurant guy, (laughs) which is pretty funny because I'm not actively involved in it. I mean, with Hudson Hall, I help with strategy and bringing events and parties. But going into why I invested those businesses, and I think that's what the question that Lee is really asking is, I'm basically investing in strong teams where I believe in the product and the brand. Like basically, the Hudson Hall team has a very established track record the managing member of Hudson Hall, who I'm also close friends with. He's been very successful at restaurants and bars for the past 15 to 18 years. Also, if you look at Hudson Hall, I mean, it's pretty an amazing place. It's a Czech beer garden and smokehouse, two blocks from the Grove Street station. Ani Ramen as well is like a totally different concept. I mean, it's basically a ramen restaurant. And if you know anything about ramen, it's like the fastest growing fast casual restaurants in the U.S. I also love ramen since I was a little kid. My tastes have upgraded since Cup of Noodles. <laughs> noodles, noodles, when you get six <laughs> noodles for a dollar, yeah. which you still can today, which is yeah. pretty crazy. We used to live on when we were kids. But going back to the ramen, it was all, I went to Ani Ramen and I thought it was like really amazing. And I've been to Japan and had good ramen. But the funniest story of how the Ani Ramen came was kind of through Hudson All I take uh, kickboxing or Muay Thai class basically at this company, Jersey City Kickboxing. I've known the owner, we're friends. And he basically said, hey, Benoit, you're in the restaurant business. Can you analyze the Ani Ramen opportunity for me? And then I basically analyzed and I told him, hey, I'll invest in it as well. I asked him, hey, how well do you know these guys? Because I don't really know them. And he's like, I trust them. They'll do a great job. And then actually he brought in, meaning the Muay Thai instructor, two other restaurant owners in Jersey City to also invest in Ani Ramen. So that's how it kind of, Came out, and then I invited the owners of Aniraman at Hudson Hall, and they loved Hudson Hall. It's kind of interesting. We're partnering on some stuff and their synergies. And also, from a branding perspective, most people don't want to actually come into my office. Yeah. On Exchange by 101 Hudson Street, they would prefer to either go to Hudson Hall for lunch or drinks or coffee, yeah. or Ani Ramen. So it's been pretty interesting because we're kind of leveraging these different brands. Ani Ramen and Hudson Hall do a great job of branding what they're doing as well. And I'm learning stuff from them as well. Yeah. It's a totally different industry, but even they're providing suggestions on the solar business that I'm looking at what they're doing on things. And I'm also obviously providing suggestions. So it's been really a great experience so far.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that Benoit is hitting home on is the fact that both of these restaurants have, not only do they have good quality, I've been to both, and the quality is standard. That's what's going to keep people coming back. But the way they brand themselves, and interesting, we're not calling these companies, we're calling them brands, because they really inject their personality. And you go to Hudson Hall, it has a distinct, Interior design, it's a smokehouse. There's no place like it, in Jersey City at least. And then Ani ramen it's an experience. Every time I was telling Benoit before what I love about it, I have a good time every time I go there. It's the mood, it's the music they play. <laughs> so I think that that's paramount to success and also what you choose to put your money behind because you have to believe in the product yourself, or, or else it just won't ring true. Yeah, and it definitely. Won't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. So another thing too is like cuts and haul, obviously it's pretty impressive when you go in, but we focus on like we've changed the menu and the food there is really good. We work on service as well, making sure that everyone has a great experience. Same thing as well with Ani Ramen. I mean, the service is great. The food is pretty amazing. And then if you ever go to Ani Raman, it's more of like a lounge and we curate the music. I mean, one of the owners of Ani Raman is Jeff Splays, and I know he helps as well with some of the music. He's a DJ and producer. He produced uh, Jay Z's album, The Blueprint. So it's definitely like an experience. And it's amazing late night if you go to Ani Raman, how packed it is, just because people love the music. Also, too, as well, like obviously, both Hudson Hall has a large selection of different types of beers and Ani Ramen is known for its Japanese whiskey collection as well. So it's definitely both places like a great experience. And so it's been great so far. And we kind of have figured out other ways as well on both businesses to kind of partner together. So it's been interesting and with my company as well. So I'm yeah, it's definitely people you believe in, the management team. Yeah, it's been an exciting time so far for with it. So.
1: no, I actually wanted to bring you back to something you said in one of your investments. You talked about you invested in a company, Waste Energy Company in Maryland. Can you enlighten some of the listeners out there on more about what Waste Energy is and just talk a little bit about that investment, why that's important to you?
0: I actually made that investment a very long time ago. So like not every investment will make money on it. I made that investment seven or eight years ago and I'm getting my first distribution check in a week which has been exciting. I mean, the business and the company has changed over time. So it was interesting because this person who started this company, I was pretty impressed with him. I met him at a renewable energy conference in Los Angeles. Then he introduced me to this person who's trying to develop. At that time, actually, the technology was basically taking municipal solid waste, which is basically garbage, Mm -hmm. and then turning it into ethanol. So basically, it was a patented technology They had a production facility or what they call a demo plant in Alabama. And basically, the scientists who came up with this, I think you would find this interestingly, Mm -hmm. he watched Back to the Future (laughs) and the last scene, Doc comes back from the future. He takes garbage and converts into fuel. And this guy spent 16 years coming up with this this technology that works, actually. There's a working facility in Florida. But then uh, what ended up happening is like, it's a long, long story because it's been seven or eight years. So basically we were taking municipal solid waste and then converting it from a landfill, mm-hmm. the garbage and then converting it to energy. And that's just like, I don't want to go into, there's like actually several different technologies integrated, but that's the simple part mm-hmm. of it. There's basically municipal solid waste, a landfill that we're taking the waste and basically using that to convert into renewable energy. And that's high level what that technology wow. is that's so. uh
1: back to the future <laughs> led, led to something real I mean that Power that's amazing yeah
0: <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies so I mean I was really impressed by this person and he had seemed to have a track record of success but it's also for me like the personality of the people they have to be honest transparent to the point humble so I try to look at those things and I help them try to raise money like seven or wow it's like eight or nine years ago so i really got to work with him and yeah. spend a lot of time with them. so i really liked his working style and i'm actually will be meeting him when i go to virginia oh, so i could great. definitely provide more feedback i've been on these calls yeah. and stuff like that but yeah i mean it's helpful for the environment obviously like i'm motivated though to make money on these investments i'm not purely doing it Just because I want to give charity or something, like I'm definitely looking for a return. But obviously if it has sustainability in it or renewable energy, that's my passion. So that's why.
1: So it seems like everything you involve back with your wallet is something
0: that you have a strong feeling about, right? Strong feeling that I'll make money from it over time. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right, great. If you actually listen to two episodes, we actually talked about the Columbia solar market. Actually, it was Lee and I actually talked about it And that was episode 15. And then we did actually an interview in Colombia at Solar Plaza's Colombia solar event with Rick. That's episode 12 if you haven't listened to it. And basically, Colombia had basically an energy auction, which was not just for renewables, but it was for all energy because they've been very dependent on hydroelectricity. And then when there's been limitations with how much energy is produced, there's been issues where there's been too much volatility in the prices. So they're trying to get a diversity of energy sources. So they basically had this energy auction in the beginning of this year in 2019. We spoke to developers and investors who participated and basically no one, there's this great article actually on LinkedIn. If you haven't checked it out, we'll actually put it in the notes. It's why did the Columbia renewable energy auction fail? It's by Francisco San Clemente. He's an energy and infrastructure investment banker. He's an associate at a company called Bank Capital SAS. It's funny, I liked his article. Then he actually requested to add me as a friend. But basically, this Columbia Energy Auction was an auction for 10 years. They basically had energy companies provide long-term contracting. It was kind of like a blind sort of auction. But what ended up happening was the real thing why it didn't work out was there was not enough participants. Meaning there was not enough energy companies that were willing to provide a long-term energy contract for these solar projects that were out there. So that's the kind of like the high-level summary of it. But what we know is that now Colombia is actually planning to do another auction to kind of fix, to kind of force the energy companies in Colombia to provide these long-term contracts. Also, the sellers too was very limited and it was concentrated within certain, part, certain companies. Yeah. Also, some companies were both buyers and sellers. Oh, wow, okay. So they felt that they couldn't actually complete the auction as a fair process. Yeah, that so makes sense. So they're working on actually improving the process. You know, I talked to investors and developers who are developing projects in Colombia. They spent so much time and it's frustrating that obviously it didn't work out the auction, but they're hoping, that the Colombia government learns from this experience and then makes it a, a better process going forward and where they require the companies to commit to provide long-term energy contracts, meaning that the energy companies in Colombia. And then also they would like transparency where it's not like a blind auction where they would actually know who the counterparty is because it also could be an investment grade, non-investment grade that impacts it. It's not just about price and term. As we talked about going back to what we talked about earlier with PEG&E, it's definitely helpful to know who's the counterparty and what the potential counterparty risk is before you kind of agree to a contract or agree to an auction price. Obviously, it's then subject to contract review and some other things. So, Well, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this round. Yeah, and I applaud Columbia yeah. for being, we think it's going to be one of the fastest growing areas in solar in South America. And it's all a learning process. This is the first step, and I'm confident that they're going to figure everything out and it's pretty interesting because the director actually of public credit and National Treasury Ministry of the finance of Colombia is actually a f- friend of mine oh wow <laughs> yes a season well yeah I'll give you a shout out we actually used to play soccer together in right. Jersey City for a few years so it's so funny that now he's actually working on this for the Columbia government but you never know where you could make a contact. We played soccer together, and then a few years later, he's head of finance for Columbia.
1: So You know, that's a really great point you bring up, Benoit, to segue into something we talk about a lot, is that luck is a creation. You create your own luck. And, you know, just actually when we walked down the street to tape this episode, it's a beautiful day out here in Jersey City, and we ran into someone Benoit knew, and I didn't think too much about it. A guy, you know, dressed regularly, walking three dogs, And after we passed him, Benoit said, hey, do you know that he's a big time producer for Lil Wayne? You would never know. But the point is that you never know who people are. You should always be wary of who you're speaking to. And they could always be a potential connection. So open your mind, open your eyes and listen to people. I mean, never judge people. I'd say leave it at that.
0: Free your mind, the rest will follow. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because I built a relationship with them at the gym. I had no idea. Right. Because that's not what we're talking about. And then someone actually told me and then I saw that. So, yeah, you never know where a connection could come from. I mentioned a soccer team where I have the connection, even Hudson Hall. And that was through someone I met from the Jersey Shore, who was my roommate. And she invited me to an event. Yeah. And then I became friends with the managing member's wife of Hudson Hall. Right. This was like eight or nine years ago. So you never really know where a connection come from. But it's being yourself and, you know, realizing and just being transparent. Yeah. And yeah, you never know where a connection could lead to. So. Yeah,
1: and one thing I've also learned through this journey, Benoit taught me, you know, one thing, I'm a little blushing a little bit because he complimented me before, but I have to compliment Benoit. And sometimes we live in the same area and I'll see Benoit just from a distance, he doesn't even know I'm looking at him. But you can tell that just by the way he's walking, he's smiling. He's a person that lives life fully. And he's shared with me some of the reasons why. But I think that having this positive outlook, naturally positive outlook, is a key. You know, it's not forced. And it, he's changed his mindset for many reasons, which, which he's shared in the past about why he feels that every day is an opportunity Don't be afraid to ask. The worst thing that can happen to someone is to say no. But for opportunity to come your way, you must ask. And like Benoit said, play soccer, be outgoing, meet people, talk to people, because you never know when opportunity is around the corner. And we didn't mean to go on this segue, but just as illustration of how he knows such an important person in the Colombian solar industry is just proof of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's all about people respond to people's energy. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to talk to people you don't know. It's all about living life to the fullest. I think really appreciating every day and being grateful for what you have because you don't know what other people are going through or what they're dealing with. So it's all about being positive and people respond to the energy. And if you're being your true self, People could see when someone's not being fake, when they're being real. And they're, then they are as well more transparent and upfront. All right.
1: Well, I think that's a good time to wrap this episode of the Solar Maverick. Tune in now for more episodes and we'll bring you, check your iTunes, check Podbean.
0: Podbean, Google Play, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, Radio, Goldcast. You could also find us on the Renew Energy website. Also the Solar solarmaverickpodcast.com yeah. as well. So, you know, there are a lot of different, we appreciate your support. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can.